Hello and welcome to the final episode of our series on Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. I did it, you guys. I did it. I said it. This is Podcast of the Rings. I'm the host. I'm one of the hosts, (laughs) Jessica Lynn Verde. You know what my brand is? Is just like charmingly chaotic. I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) I'm Ron Burgundy. He has has a podcast and I, I want him. I haven't listened to it, but I think he should just say I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) <laughs> Every time yeah. he he outros, I'm Jessica Lynn Verdi, and uh, I'm with Alex Mitchell and Ben Goddard. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hello. So, Ben, are you sad? I am. I'm it, sad it, too. It's the final episode, but you know, at least for a while. You know, hopefully, you guys will have me back. But it's been a it's been a great seven week, seven episode journey. I mean, longer than seven weeks because we took a little break for the holidays. Uh, but yeah, it's been honestly, I, I've really enjoyed rewatching these movies. I hadn't in a while. Um, and then, you know, I always like rewatch, uh, the Lord of the Rings over Christmas. So there was just a great middle earth few months. It's been, it's been rich in, in fiddle earth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what started out is like a, Hey, I'd love to guest on your show. Hey, I'd love to talk about the Hobbit. Hey, let's talk about. Two episodes worth of each movie. Let's also wrap it out. I I love that. I love that this is it. That's that. This is that fun for you too. That you want to uh, be on here that much. So. Oh yeah, I definitely like squeezed every ounce of, <laughs> of podcast time I could because I because I remember uh, you know I think we were we were playing Fortnite and you like you didn't know that I was such a Middle Earth fan and we like got talking about it and then you told me about your podcast and I was like I tried to be real cool I was like yeah you know if you ever, if you ever need a guest like, I guess you can ask me I'm not doing too much or anything. I mean there's nothing wrong with asking too and I, this is also my like not so subtle way of asking the audience if if you guys want something Ben to talk about specifically like if you're like oh I'd really love to hear Ben's take on this it's you're an easy ask back and I think we'll have you back for another series akin to this but here we are Alex how do you feel I feel I I feel mixed I mean it get ready to get rid of Ben but no no I (laughs) here's what I'll say that I've loved about having Ben on is you are probably been the most passionate fan of these movies that I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with. Uh, I think most of my friends that I've talked with about uh, Lord of the Rings, we we just kind of silently shove the Hobbit trilogy to the corner and and don't think about it. But it's been nice to think about it. It's been nice to talk about it with you. And so I, it's it's a bittersweet uh, ending because. I mean, there's there's a lot of good in these movies that we've uh, that we've went over, and there's a lot of bad. I haven't. Th- this is my first time watching all of the extended cuts in a row, uh, and some of them for the first time. So there was uh, <laughs> new the the old wounds being reopened for me, but at the same time, coming back to this uh, this series with with some more, I think, new appreciation than I had before. So it's been a it's been a fun and interesting journey, and I can't think of anyone better than Ben to have uh, joined us. <sighs> Along. Oh, thank you so much. I Truly. Am, I'm also surprised of how much like, because I had always been like, I genuinely love the first movie. I love uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, so that makes the second movie, and then the third movie's a mess. But then like rewatching <laughs> yeah. the third movie, like 
it is one of those kind of just turn like turn your brain off and enjoy Lee Pace, you know, enjoy Super Mario Legolas, like you know, we just, <laughs> like that 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 TikTok rant that we all, we both posted today, just one of my favorite things. Like, it's just the most ridiculous thing, and then the extended version makes it even more ridiculous uh with just like the war wagons and you know the boars and all that stuff but Awful. you know i was just like you know i just had i just had fun watching it and it's definitely like it's not lord of the rings that's what you have to remind yourself it's like uh you know all those pop punk bands i used to like in high school they all got like you know new singers and stuff like that and it's like you, you can't look at old albums and think they're the same band you just have to take they just have the same name Taking Back Sunday is not the same. Taking Back Sunday is, you know, their first album. They they changed and they they evolved. Linkin Park, it's not Meteora and Hybrid Theory at all times. You know, they changed and they evolved. And it's like you, you can't look at the Hobbit trilogy like it's Lord of the Rings because what is Lord of the Rings? It what is the first Matrix? The sequels were never gonna be the first Matrix, and neither was the Hobbit trilogy. And so. I don't know. I'm probably making excuses for a very mediocre trilogy, but I'm okay with it. Because <laughs> we've seen successful sequels before. We've seen yeah. people pull it off. I, I don't know. I, I would argue that a lot of us didn't think that episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars were that bad until people started saying they were that bad because we were the right age for it to be like, Star Wars. Oh and Absolutely. I, so and then all of a sudden everyone's like those are bad and like I guess I have to say that but well I I think with the Star Wars analogy uh it, it's kind of this you, you come full circle you you go on to to use the language of George Lucas you go on a full hero's journey you see him as a kid and you go these are the greatest things ever I love Jar Jar Binks and Darth Maul they're so cool and then you become older and you hear all the criticisms and you go, these are the worst thing to ever happen to this franchise. They're terrible. No one should ever watch them and we should forget they existed. And then you wait a little while and you kind of get over that initial anger of realizing you were lied to. And then you can go back and watch them and go, yeah, but Duel of the Fates and that lightsaber fight, that slaps and it's so good. And you can see... Uh, the little bits of good in there. And that's what I feel like th that I've completed my hero's journey with rewatching th this Hobbit trilogy and going, you know what? I've gotten over my initial anger and I can, I can appreciate what there is to appreciate about these films. And that's what I did with star Wars too. I can, I can watch the prequels now, the star Wars prequels now and go, all right, there's some good stuff happening here amidst the crap. Sure. Yeah. Like you're absolutely right. Just like when, Yoda pulls apparently like Yoda is not supposed to be cool with a lightsaber. I learned that later in life. I'm sorry. In the theater on opening day, when you saw the shadow of Yoda approaching Count Dooku, the crowd went wild like it was a WWE event. Like, like people always, you know, there's the, you know, luckily, like no one was, you know, we didn't have cell phone cameras back then, but it would have been so like didn't that get video. Ruined. Yeah, so it it was like that, you know. The it was Avengers like the uh, Avengers, yeah. Yeah, like when Cap catches the hammer, like it was that. And so you're right, Alex. Like the the prequels have plenty of their problems, uh, but it's just and so do the sequels. Like, but I love the sequel like trilogy except for Rise of Skywalker. So um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just you love these movies like for the moments you spend with them and the people you watch them with. And I am I'm absolutely 100% a mark from Middle Earth. 
And I, I know that. And I will, t I will take any criticism people give me for that. But that doesn't lessen my enjoyment of them. It, it increases it. Like I always say, like I, I used to review movies and I still do sometimes on, on Patreon. And when I don't like a movie, but I've seen people that do, I literally always say, I'm jealous of people that like this movie. Like I'm jealous of people that love the Snyderverse. Granted, there's like... <laughs> There's like, there's grand, like the toxic side is the toxic Those side. Those guys can go, yeah, yeah, somewhere else. But that, but like the people that genuinely find like connections with like the, the last Wonder Woman movie, which I didn't love that much, or, you know, he finally got his Justice League and they're like, I connected with this so much, like in a positive way and not like in a, oh, I'm, I'm the Joker. Everybody look at me. I'm like, stop that. But just, <laughs> I'm jealous of those people because I never, like, I grew up watching Justice League animated and the Batman animated series. I wanted to love those movies so much. I just didn't. So that's all it comes down to is like finding your joy in movies and in media. And like, like the internet was such a mistake when it comes to fandom because everyone's just got like their little camps and you can't go outside of it apparently. But it, it's, it's like you love what you love. Love it for the right reasons, you know, and then if someone doesn't, it's fun to have discussions with them about it, but don't, you know, like send death threats or stuff like that. That's where it gets crazy. And the amount of people think that they're the emboldened feeling that people get in order to send that just because someone disagrees with them. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And so it's, that's actually an interesting segue to a, something I'm realizing now that I'm posting those uh, videos from our show. Um there seems to be some crossover, like everyone really gets cringe about the ring rings of power. A lot of people, as we know, are so angry because it's not Tolkien's world or what, you know, just like people are just, and really it's a thin veil for racism and misogyny. It, really. It doesn't mean like you can't, you can have, I'm trying to like make it clear. You can have criticisms of, ring of rings of power. It's not perfect. But if you out and out hate it and say that it's not what it is uh actually then it's really hard for me to have you prove otherwise that this is just you being racist or afraid of like woke culture or you know everyone says agenda but there's things that they start pointing out as cringe this movie is 10 times worth of cringe <laughs> that rings of power is the the amount of stretching the story that is happening is akin to what's happening in Rings of Power, but Rings of Power, like, they both stay true to like what could have happened. Hey, in our little, you know, people call it fan fiction. Who gives a crap? I guess. Yeah. Uh, what What do you? How do you point out the hypocrisy? I I mean, it's not our job to point out what everyone what's wrong with everyone. But like, I just it's really interesting to me that people can't see the hypocrisy and going, oh, it's so weird when a Ron Deere did a double jump, and I'm like, but it's really cool when Legolas does <laughs> super mario brothers and to this guy's credit who did respond uh he's like well they're both cringe but they're, yeah but that's also okay like yeah yeah it and that's that's the only problem i have is um when you see inconsistency with people's uh criticisms and then you can go to do not make this a com comment on me thinking that the nope. Leafs I wasn't even going to bring it back there wow oh, guilty conscience that, oh man <laughs> I feel like I do need to clarify though and I want you to finish with that Alex but like okay. I don't think that it's a cool thing that the Leaf woke up the Balrog I'm saying that that was the intention of the creators I understand and, that, and I that's disagree. what they wanted you, you think the intention of the creators wasn't that that the Balrog had been woken up I'm saying the creators purposely showed us that the Balrog woke up by the leaf. 
That's all. That's and all by creators, saying. they mean the show creators, not God himself, guys, just for <laughs> yes, the listeners not, out there. Not, not Eru Iluvatar. Um, no, I look, here's my belief is that uh, the author is dead and author's intent doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, I, when people have criticisms and they're inconsistent, and then you point to other underlying factors and go, maybe that's actually what you're mad about. Uh, that's where I have a problem. But yeah, uh, obviously, if you've listened to any of our past episodes, you know that I don't like a lot of the things about Rings of Power. But I like a lot of the things about Rings of Power, and I'm trying to take it for what it is and and not put any of my own uh, biases on it. Like the The thing that blows my mind with the the criticisms and i think uh, you know we we talked a little bit about like sort of studio interference with this hobbit trilogy um i try not to think about that when i'm watching the movie and then later on you can go okay maybe there were other factors that led to you know if if i see something in the movie that i didn't enjoy and then i understand what went into making it i can go oh that's probably why but when when you have all these people criticizing Rings of Power simply because it's Amazon, I it 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 blows my mind because it's like you haven't even seen this was before the show was even out. You haven't even seen the show, and you're going, oh well, it's gonna suck because it's Amazon. It's like, how do you know? Then you they know? should just cancel their Prime subscription too. Like, yeah, I, honestly, they should. Honestly, I mean, we all should. <laughs> well, that's another. We really, we really all should. <laughs> I told myself. For months, oh, by the time the year is over, I'm never coming back, never coming back. But you just can't. It is, anyway, but I, I'm with you. We probably should. Monopolies suck, folks. Um, is, didn't Tolkien write an allegory about that somewhere? Tolkien didn't write any allegories. I'm just, that's why I was trying to trigger you, Alex. <laughs> Let's get into what the two, uh, so basically our goal today is what should we keep, what should we get rid of, and how are we going to make this a two-part m- movie? That's actually good. The, and this what is if, part one. No, I'm what, what if? Yeah, right. <laughs> what if uh, Guillermo got his wish? Yeah, well, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I did no research on that, so the whole impetus is on you guys to tell me what was supposed to happen. Although I did see last night, as I was making the video, uh, what Bulg was supposed to look like. So there was some remnants of the initial physical design. You know, the, it was going to be a practical, actual human. Some of his armor was in his head too, but Bulg was. Who do you guys think? Who, where does Doug Jones fit into Guillermo? Like, where is he? Because Doug Jones is Guillermo's guy. He's the guy in the suit. He's the fish guy and, you know, Shape of Water. He's the fish guy in Hellboy. Um, He's the the eyeball hand man in Pan's Labyrinth. Alex, go ahead. He would have been Gollum. If 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 no gear, yes, no, no, you can't he he not. Ha- no, there's no way you can't I'm have think, any I think Alex not is be that. Right. I think Alex is right. But and it, here's what I'm gonna say. Here's my theory that's based on nothing. Guillermo del Toro dropped the project because they wouldn't let him use Doug Jones. <laughs> Doug Jones as Gollum. As Gollum. See, this is this is like when you know in the Raimi Spider-Man movies, uh, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. And he is that good that they brought him back for the MCU. Like you can, it's, and you know, the same, like, I like No Way Home a lot, but like, you know, they brought back Alfred Molina. They brought back Willem Dafoe instead of recast. Like, it's a great story, but I really feel like a lot of it was like, we can't recast these guys. Like, they're so iconic in these roles. 
we can't do that. And I, Andy Serkis is in that. I will agree with you that he's iconic and has defined Gollum in his own way. But the thing that I was excited about when I heard originally that Guillermo was going to be doing the Hobbit um, movies was, great, we get a completely different take on the world of Tolkien and the Hobbit. And I am all for different interpretations and adaptations of Tolkien, like we're getting now with Rings of Power, even though they're heavily drawing from the Jacksonian um, kind of filmic language. But as much as like the whole extended universe idea that Marvel has created is cool, I'm tired of it. And I just want to see different takes on this stuff. So seeing Doug Jones as Gollum, like, I, cool. I, I've seen Andy Serkis as Gollum. And I like, I, I want to see something different. I'm going to be real. I want to see something different. I want to see someone else's take on Gollum that's going to be exciting and unique and new. And um, yeah, so I think if we had the Guillermo version, that is where my mind instantly goes for Doug Jones. He, he obviously could do other roles as well because he's a very talented actor. But I mean, just imagine that lanky, spindly body as see, Gollum. I, like he, I see even him physically. as Azogar Bolg. Like, like because I mean, like he's got a little bit of muscle in you know Shape of Water. He's like wiry. Mm-hmm. Like you make you make one of them, you know, like a wiry but really strong orc. It's honestly more intimidating, in my opinion. Like having like that lean muscle like and so i i feel like that's the role for him or he could be the goblin king that's just insane absolutely (laughs) he could be the goblin king that'd be good (laughs) this thing i have him as like one of the orcs maybe the necromancer maybe they make the like if they kept that uh like i'm i've kind of gone back and forth in my notes if i want to keep that whole storyline um but like make him the necromancer instead of like you know the cgi cloud that it is but I think he that also, would be really cool. He also, I think, w- could have done a good uh, Smaug, sort of. Oh obviously, yeah. Obviously, it would be mocap. Uh, yeah. Because I did. They're not <laughs> no, practical. Yeah. Woo! Just, <laughs> I I think he could do a good Smaug as well. Um, yeah. I I would say if we're talking cuts, like yeah, for me, as cool as it was seeing all the White Council stuff, all that's going. That whole plot line that takes up a whole movie's runtime in. In and on itself, in and of itself, uh, that that's gotta, it's gotta, that's gotta get cut. Gandalf just leaves and shows back up. There's no explanation. Maybe there's a little bit of a nod to the Necromancer. But we yeah, don't I think it. I have, I have him going to Dol Guldir and then like doing like the whisper, like you know where you see like the whisper that one time, and that's it. And then you know like yeah. basically, basically what Radagast does, where like he sees the, I don't, I don't know if you need the the Nazgul blade or you know the the guy trying to stab him or anything, but you see like the shape of, of Sauron or the necromancer. And then he rides away. And so like, there's a little bit connectivity, you know, I still have the, the ring theme being played when Bilbo finds it. Like there's that connectivity to Lord of the Rings, but you don't force feed us for, you know, an extra three hours that pads these movies. Yes. Um, Yeah. All the, all the Rivendell stuff. Like well, with... let's let's go beat by beat. Let's see what kind of movie we end up with. I'm down. Yeah. The first it. movie's tough for me because I generally think the first movie is what like the the theatrical cut, all the extra Rivendell skinny dipping dwarves things. I think that's <laughs> like, it's just that's just superfluous. But I generally think the the first movie 
paces out pretty well. I like, I don't, I'm going back and forth if I want that prologue or not, or if I want the dwarves to, like, I think I'm going to get rid of the prologue. I know it's very Lord of the Rings, and I like Bilbo introducing it. I think we just reintroduce hobbits again. I think yeah. that's okay. Concerning hobbits is fine by me. Like right. it, it brings you back into this world. It's a, such a warm welcome, you know, seeing Sam garden and, you know, people smoking pipe weed and showing how big their pumpkins are. It's great. And then you just have like the dwarves just show up and then them explain, have Balin explain, give more screen time to Ken Stott and, you know, James Nesbitt to yeah. use these really talented British actors that you hired for these roles to, uh, to to do it i do still want frodo being like hi i'm gonna go wait for gandalf bye i still need yeah. that absolutely 10 out of 10 would recommend uh <laughs> but yeah that's that's probably my first note is like having the prologue be moved to when the dwarves show up and explain to bilbo who smaug is what erebor is what dale is and all that stuff i also think cutting the prologue is good for two reasons one all the reasons you just listed two in making this other version of this movie that's cut down, I really also think the tone needs to be changed. This whole trilogy, the problem we talked about was it was juggling two different kinds of feelings, two different mm -hmm. tones. And this version, I think it needs to be more, at least in my book, uh, should be in more, more in line with the original tone of the, the Hobbit novel. Um, so this whole, like, oh, the dwarf war versus goblins and this gritty thing, like cut that. Cause we don't, I don't want that tone from this. I want this to be the, from the beginning. Oh, it's this, you know, uh, fish out of water going on an adventure. Isn't this crazy and wild and look at all these fantastical things more appealing that as opposed like, like less, less gritty and grim and, mm -hmm. And, and that kind of thing. So cutting that prologue, I think, establishes that tone from the beginning. And and honestly, focusing less, and we'll get to where, where, where we cussed up, but focusing less on that whole overarching dwarf kind of Thorin as king and exile subplot throughout, I think, would also help in oh, realigning the tone. I disagree. I think giving him a a, a purpose and a want is good. I think just the way that they go about it could be less melodramatic sure yeah like i still have you know we talked about the azog reveal i have him being revealed you know at the end uh not the end of the first movie but you know when they fly off with the eagles i think that is yeah. a good reveal i don't need to see azog being like this general or talking to sauron or anything like that right but i do think like Talking about how we got his name Oakenshield, I think that's a good flashback. It could be shorter if you want. You know, we could edit around there. And then him saying, like, oh, I killed Azog, having that knowing look between Gandalf and Balin work. And then the big reveal at the end, and then him fighting him during the Battle of the Five Armies. That's a good story for Thorne. Right. And because we're condensing this into two movies, you want that, like, big sort of reveal you want that moment yeah. to be bigger at the end of the first movie and i even think like when we get his origin and stuff like i don't and maybe this is just my own personal preference i don't need visual flashbacks for a lot of that stuff lean on again lean on like the amazing actors you have yeah and just have them telling these moments uh we don't need these epic 
battle visuals uh, personally. Uh, and I think that goes along with sort of, you know, the, this is a this is a story about Bilbo who has never seen the whole wider world and he is now seeing it for the first time. So I want personally to feel that as a viewer as well. So if we're sitting in Bag End, I want to be in the dark as a viewer of the the wonders of this world. So don't literally on screen show me this epic battle from the past. Just have Bilbo sort of, you know, seeing it in his mind's eye and us viewers yeah. seeing Thorin tell this. And then finally, when we get to Azog riding up on them um, with the wolves when they're in the trees, now is when we're seeing it when they've already been through all of this stuff. And okay, now we've reached a different point in, in Bilbo's journey and we're finally seeing this as a viewer as well. I think that's a good point also to something Ben said um, in a previous episode where we actually didn't get a CGI background and we got to see the actual New Zealand landscape. And mm -hmm. we really were robbed of a lot of the expanse of the Middle Earth world and luxuriating in the sites. And like, like you said, Ben living in it. Um, and what a great simple and kind of like staring you in the face. Like what a great way to think about the movie is like, let, let us be Bilbo. Let, uh, let us experience this, that, the, a, a hobbit hasn't done this yet folks <laughs> and and that's i have i've i've said this i love that you know it, it makes a lot of sense for so many different reasons that tolkien makes the hobbits the central focus of both books but it's it's the easiest way to help us learn about a culture we know nothing about too is introducing them the yeah. way that they introduce yeah. like bilbo like they do such a good job of making Frodo and Sam and Pippin and Mary are the audience surrogate and Lord of the Rings. Right. But then in in the Hobbit trilogy, it's just like, oh, you should it they, they go back and forth of like, you should know this, but then we're also gonna over expose it right. a lot. Like yeah. I uh, you know, I sent you guys that video uh from that YouTuber I like. I can't think of it, like Cosmonaut Variety Hour. I I, I like him. He does, he did, like, it was so funny, like, he just did why Lord of the Rings is great and then why the Hobbit sucks. And, like, he titles his videos very, because that's, you know, what you need to do on YouTube is title, like, but he gives the Hobbit credit where it's, where it's due. But uh, main thing, you know, we're talking about the, the entrance, like, Bilbo's prologue is longer than Galadriel's with the Battle of the Last Alliance and the founding of the Ring and Gollum and all that. It's like, it's like almost double how long it is. And so it's just like, there's just... Just that, even if you have Bilbo's prologue, if you want to keep it so bad, just cut it down. Like right. the fact that Galadriel can tell us 2000 years worth of history in eight minutes and it takes Bilbo 17 to 20 minutes to tell us about Smaug and the dragon. Like, come on now, we can do better. Right. I mean, we we forget Bilbo's in the movie half the time. <laughs> yes. yes. That's a mistake. Uh, and And I guess that's, I guess that's the biggest argument as to why we I mean, we can't be the first group of people to suggest this on the internet, but why two movies works. And and they were forced to make three. And you just lose the protagonist. You lose who you're supposed to follow. We don't even have Gandalf for all that much of it. And Gandalf is sometimes our moral, you know, spine for the thing. Um, so my opinion is, and I know it's jumping the gun a little bit, but I think we need to see... I think we need to see them get captured in book in the first movie by the elves. And I think we need to get to Smaug 
at the end of the first movie if we're doing two movies. You're insane. Yeah, I, what is You're insane. What, What's what is the your second guys movie? Cliffhanger? What's your guys cliffhanger for this first movie because Smaug's you know, eye opening? Smaug's eye opening like when cuz that's the thing is that they did such a good job of, you know, hey, the first movie's here and you know there but don't forget about the dragon and then the whole marketing campaign of like come see this dragon it's amazing this performance is amazing and it worked and then i know it doesn't work for the third movie but marketing wise that cliffhanger got people back in theaters and it made another billion dollars when that movie really shouldn't it really shouldn't have made a billion dollars but it did yeah. and but it's just like so we got to we got to we do have to do a little bit of business thinking here business um so what is your guys cliffhanger for this first movie what's going to get those butts back in seats next christmas it's hard because there there isn't a natural one in in the middle of this story i mean i think like you could do the point at which if we're keeping the whole azog riding up on them after they escape right out of the frying pan into the fire that could be, um, but that'd be kind of crazy, I-, I think, to like end movie one on like right before they battle, you know, Thorin and, and Azog fight. Um, how does the first Lord of the Rings, how does uh, the Lord of the Rings movie number one end? With Sam and Frodo leaving the Shire, Boromir just died, and let's hunt some orc, which yeah. is... So awesome. Let's hunt some orc. So it's it, because it, like you just Boromir died, so it like it hits a climax and then it kind of yeah. goes back down, and you're more left with questions, right? Like yeah. I, so I think. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I think. Are you? Like, no, but I think uh, <laughs> on the edge of Mirkwood, like on the edge of Mirkwood, Gandalf's about to depart. I think that might be, or like Gandalf says he's going, and it's a similar vibe then to fellowship where gandalf's like all right i got other business to take care of and then we just get a, a moment of like bilbo looking into the forest of mirkwood and the dwarves like oh no our leaders just left and they're like well here we go again um, so then look at, let's look at the arc of what the first movie would be then so we've got we've, we've cut the prologue we've got what did you have as your cliffhanger ben i was thinking about that it's so hard to to recapture that lightning in a bottle because in the book I mean, it's still a pretty good cliffhanger in the book because Aragorn is just running towards the sound of Boromir's horn when the first right. book ends. Like I it doesn't. Being yeah. Angry that they killed yeah. Boromir in the first one. Yeah. Like, uh, and then you know, Peter Jackson did such a good job because, like, in the third book, Frodo and Sam don't really have much to do, so he puts Shelob in the third movie. So it's so crazy thinking of like how well he reorganized this story to make it three amazing movies. Right. And so it's it is tough. Like for me, it's like I do think the post Azog Eagles moment is the perfect way to end that first movie, especially, you know, like, oh, I think the worst is behind us. But then you have so much left to cover. But if you do it like the book where they they meet they meet Bayorn. They get captured by the spiders. They get captured by the elves. They go to Lake Town. There's no Lake Town politics. I don't need that. Like that can all be cut. But then you ha- you need to do the desolation of Smaug and the Battle of Five Armies all in one movie. But that's that's not a hard thing to do, I think, because like if you look at the major beats, right? 
um, post, uh, if you're ending the, that, and that's why I think they should end on the border of Mirkwood, because then you include Bjorn and that in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, well, though, you got to keep that. Uh, I don't think you cut that, but oh, you have you mean cut Bjorn? Yeah, no, you can't cut. No, that. I think I think you keep that, but that's why I think you end there because then it's like, okay, movie two is Mirkwood, the spiders getting captured, barrel riding, and then they just get to Lake Town. And again, we 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 cut all the politics in Lake Town, so we don't have yes. to deal with any of that. Then it's just the the journey there and Smaug dying and the Battle of Five Armies. I don't think that's that much for one movie. I think it sounds like so much. Now I don't need the Battle of Five Armies to be the third movie like it is in in this trilogy. Yeah. But also like it's tough for me to uh to go strictly off of Tolkien's writing because even if you look at the Battle of Helm's Deep, like I just I'm rereading Two Towers right now, it's nothing in the book. It's really nothing. And I'm it's okay short. with that. Yeah. It's very short. It's like maybe a chapter. And it's just like, oh, they attacked. Oh, we drove them back with arrows. And then they attacked again. And then the dawn came and we won. And that's it. Uh, and so I like in the movie that it's this huge night-long battle that, you know. And it's the same. Like, it's a different. I can't remember the Rohan rider that comes to their rescue. But it's not Aomer. Erkenbrand. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but uh, it's just so different. And so the... I do want to see, like, you have to have a battle. I, I do yeah. agree that you have to have some kind of action in this. I don't need Benny Hill, Smaug, ch- chasing the dwarves through Erebor or anything. But And so that's the thing is that, like, how much time do you leave for the Battle of Five Armies? And so I, I'm okay with Mirkwood being a good cutoff. Um, but it, it, I go back and forth of, like, how much action do we need in these movies? Because even in Fellowship, quote unquote the slowest of the three it is last alliance concerning hobbits then them being chased by the nazgul and then brie and then um uh, the ride to to the river and then a little bit of a break with council of elrond and then the mines of more and then uh you know Karadras, and then the Mines of Moria, and then a little bit of a break in Lorien, and then you know the Urukai. So it's like there's, there's a, a lot. lot of action in the in the first Fellowship, and it's paced so well. So it's it's a tough call for sure. God, that's such a good point that there is so much <laughs> activity in the first movie, and it's not boring, right? Nope. Like or and it's not like well, it's not on and on and on and on. No, like, it's not like overstimulation either like it's done so well well and that's why i think like and you have a similar setup for pacing that uh i think exists in this our proposed second half where it's you have mirkwood and obviously you can i don't think they should do it exactly like it is in the book where it's just them starving and trying to find food you can maybe make that a little more exciting but then we have this action set piece with the spiders Mm -hmm. and then them getting captured and then we have a little bit of a lull in uh, the Elven Kingdom there with Thranduil, where, okay, they're kind of chilling, they're captured, but we get a lull in the action, and then we get the barrel riding and getting to Lake Town, and then we have another bit of action w- with Smaug, right? Smaug coming out and being killed. 
Uh, and then we have a lull there when they've taken Erebor. And then we get another bit of action. We can chill in Erebor for a little while and see what's going on there and the setup with the elves coming in. And then we get another bit of action with the Battle of Five Armies. And then we end the, and then we end the movie. So I think it's like you have a similar up and down kind of pacing that I think could work. You know, you have a few big, exciting moments. And you don't... I mean, the Battle of Five Armies, honestly... Because I think about Helm's Deep. How long is that sequence? 20 minutes? 15 minutes of screen it, time? It's it's tough to, to gauge because they keep cutting back between Merry and Pippin. But it's... I'd have to say it's more than that. It's got to be at least like the last hour of the movie. At Helm's Deep? Maybe 45 a... minutes. Okay. Because like there's, a, there's the big chunk of like the opening charge... And then, you know, like, oh, I'm at two already. By the way, that you need to invite me back onto the podcast for one conspiracy theory of how Legolas blew a 17 to two lead. That is <laughs> like, I'm go I think I'm going to make a TikTok about that because we keep, you know, we get a little bit of numbers here and there and everything like that. It is numerically, physically impossible that uh, uh, Gimli beats Legolas. We, uh, we let's, did... add, let's add this to that issue. Sorry to cut you off, Alex. Is he beheads 1,000 orcs in this movie. Yes. So he's already coming. Oh, yeah. Life, lifetime, <laughs> no one's ever beating Legolas in but orc like, kills. How did he go? How did he go decline, <laughs> you know, from we, that kill? We did see in this movie, though, uh, and I believe, I'm trying to remember at what point in the Peter Jackson ones, he is prone to just running out of arrows. So, I mean, that kind of does put a little bit of a hitch in his... Also, uh, like, you know, they say the, the the funny line of, like, the Oliphant and, you know, all the Haradrim on top of it are only counts as one. He shoots that ladder off Helm's Deep and kills at least another hundred right there off that giant ladder. <laughs> does that only count as one? Because it shouldn't. It should not. He killed, like... I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very light in my generosity and say... He killed at least forty on the ladder, let alone the people the ladder crushed. No, they're like, they're using they're using video game rules where you have to deal the last damage dealing hit to the enemy uh, for oh, it to so add he to your KD. Them. He just didn't finish <laughs> yeah. the kill. I mean, they got, got killed by environmental got damage. Yeah, he <laughs> so, got assist. Yeah. We need a damage check. Where's the damage check with the stats at the end of Helm's Deep? <laughs> You're gonna set Tolkien talk on fire with this. I'm just I'm just saying, like I know, cause like sorry, this is a, such a derailment, and we all have hard outs. Uh. But just like seven, eight, like 19 to two when we first cut away, like with the ladders and the berserkers on top of the wall. And then we see Gimli on top of the wall doing 17, 18, 19. So he's like, you know, we'll say 20 and I'll give Legolas 30 by that point. But it's just like then Gimli, I, I think, you know, probably gets another big amount when he goes to Aragorn uh, defending the bridge. But I'm just saying like Legolas does not run out of arrows because the last time we cut when they break down the gate after he rescues Aragorn and Gimli with the rope, he's firing up until the last moment we cut away. Can, like, can I, we can consider this though? Can we consider this? Mm. That Gimli's a big old cheater. I, oof, that's tough. <laughs> no, you can't. We can't entertain that idea. I don't think he, I don't he think just can... he just wants to impress uh, the guy that he wants to make his best friend forever, and he's like, I can't, I can't say that I, I got less kills than him. 
that that is also another, those numbers like how people say like meets back on the menu boys like in the extended version you know he says i'm sitting pretty on 43 and then legolas shoots the corpse beneath him he's like oh he was twitching he's like he's twitching because i've got my axe buried in his nervous system ghibli you know about the nervous system you know about nerves and 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 the cell bodies and proton like, okay okay dwarves i see you over there <laughs> Yeah, they're they're very uh, learned in the medical field. Apparently, L- little known fact. But anyway, sorry, sorry to derail that There's entire conversation. To be sorry about this is but. exactly the point. So what I'm trying to think about is: Do we have an exciting and not dragging arc with just enough stuff in the first movie? If we cut out the prologue, we have all the dwarves coming. You know, Gandalf and the dwarves eating all the food, picking up Bilbo. And then what's the first part? Where do they go? They go to they They go to the farmer's house with the trolls. Yep. Right. Keeping the trolls, absolutely, because that's where you find Sting. And you know, they're in the fellowship, so we need to we need to have them. And I think actually do it accurately to the book too. Like make it a little bit more book accurate. In what way? Well, didn't um, Bilbo wasn't the one who like saved them, and I don't, I'm, I'm okay with that. I like that. I mean, granted, we're gonna have Bilbo do more than he does in this trilogy. We're not gonna have him disappear for the last, you know, four hours of this trilogy. But yeah, I'm okay with him being the smart one and like uh like distracting yeah. them, like and saying rather than like Gandalf being like this disembodied voice throughout the the forest. I like the whole oh they've got they've got uh parasites and, and yeah. stuff. You'll you'll be you'll be happy, Jess, because we're cutting out a Deus Ex Machina, which there are a few of in the hub. So instead I'm of so it being happy. a Gandalf Ex Machina, it's just no Bilbo's clever, and then Gandalf comes in and helps. Sure. Well, I mean, with cutting down Battle of the Five Armies alone, we've cut out like nine last minute saves. Like, <laughs> true. There's true. so many in that movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have the trolls, and then. Uh, we have cut, them being cut, out Radagast. cut out yes, Radagast. Cut out Radagast entirely from these two movies. He Poor doesn't baby. need to be there. Poor I know. Radagast. Uh, I, I actually I'm... really like the depiction. I, I I I understand he's superfluous, but I like his depiction. I'm just gonna say. That. Sure. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Thank I you. think they make him a little too silly, personally. But anyway. He's not in the movies, so uh, I'm fine with the ch- being chased into Rivendell. I guess I mean it's obviously different from the book, but you know it's a movie. You got yeah, a little sense of urgency there. never hurt anybody. But and and I think I would like it better if we don't have the Roscobel rabbits involved. It's just a regular chase, and I don't know they they somehow escape and and make their way to the secret entrance to yeah. Madras. And then they're just kind of, I would say, we get a little bit of Rivendell and we cut out the uh, homophobic jokes. We cut out the... Yeah, I think the theatrical uh, version theatrical version of Rivendell is perfect. They arrive, they eat, he reads the map, they leave. Yeah. That's it. Well, wait, is all the White Council stuff extended? Oh, no, yeah, sorry, White Council, okay, but yeah, yeah, just like we, just we with the dwarves. We're cutting the White Council, yeah. Yeah, that's all cut. So, yeah, we're in Rivendell for a little bit. Uh, and have Galadriel then... like whisper to to Gant like, do you want to leave it up to Bayorn on the on the 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 borders of Mirkwood to like say darkness is coming? You should do something about it for him to leave, or how do you want to? Ooh, I yeah, that's an interesting question because like again, book Gandalf gives no reason and it doesn't matter. But I yeah. think I think in this 
we we could have be we could have a conversation between Baron and Gandalf, and I think that gives a little bit more reason, or it gives a little bit more for Bjorn to do besides just helping them on their journey. And we could just have Gandalf be more aloof in this one, because like that first conversation yeah. about good morning, he's very aloof. He's very yes. just goofy and like kind of sizing Bilbo up. So we could have both. Yeah. Here's the thing: if we if we make it in Rivendell, then we have to include Galadriel in Rivendell, and I think as much Why? as I she's would love in, to keep she's her. She's in Lorien. What's that? She's in Lothlorien. They don't go to. They don't go to Lorien. No, in the move in the movie, she's at Rivendell, right? Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, just for audience, like I wouldn't expect Galadriel to be at Rivendell. Right, as, like, right. Someone I wouldn't that, have either. Like I'm, I know Elrond, like. As someone who loves the movies and have read the book and the Silmarillion, I wasn't expecting Galadriel to be there when they got to, right. to Rivendell. I was like, oh, yeah, Elrond's there. And so is Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Conquerors, but that's cool. Um, but, yeah, so I would be perfectly okay if she was not. Like, I love, like, yeah. trust me, any more Galadriel, Kate Blanchett, no yeah. complaints. S sadly, ever. she's getting cut, though. You Sadly, she is getting cut, I, especially just simply for the, the love subplot that they give them. I don't. Yeah. Just, just for that as punishment enough. Well, and look, we're Jess and I are rereading Lord of the Rings right now, and it just every time because it happens so much. Every time a character is just like, "Oh, Galadriel, she's so good." Because any time they talk about Galadriel, it's just them fawning over. Oh, her. Gimli's the I biggest fanboy. Like, oh yeah, I just read the part. I need to keep reading. Uh, where it's just like Aomer is like, oh, I know we, uh, I know we had our disagreements, but he's like, yeah, but if you ever say anything bad about Galadriel, I'll kill you where you stand. I'm like, dang, yeah. Gimli is a I don't ride or die. Gimli loves rocks and Galadriel. Two. <laughs> yep, that's all you need. And that's so is my boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I do, I agree. I think, I think, um, heading into Markwood, I think that's our i think that's our cliffhanger i like it yeah me too um so we get into episode or get to the second movie and i'm gonna offer a thought i think we can have a prologue here oh wait wait we still haven't like are we doing the so after they leave rivendell are we doing oh, the I'm stone sorry, giants I, I'm moving ahead oh yeah stone I think... giants and goblin king and all that stuff in, in, in this yes, imagined differently probably it, yeah, yeah in this imagined world where it's guillermo Right, uh, doing the two movies, you no, gotta. I think, have the... I think it isn't necessarily Guillermo. I think we're just taking the best of the ideas. We're we're making our own two movies. Okay, I think you keep the stone giants, but you don't make it this like action set piece. It's just look at a cool thing that's in the world, and we linger yeah. on it for a little while, um, and then, uh, yeah, then keep them getting taken by. Uh, the the goblins into the mountain and you have all that stuff still uh yeah <laughs> uh what do we think about the the goblin king song are we keeping that <laughs> that that's the thing is that the only song i need is the misty mountains call that, that's all i need i need them to sing it like nine times uh that's where you do the the editing but um I don't know. I don't know if we keep the Goblin King song. I think we have Stephen Fry as the Goblin King. I like that. And make it us give him a song. <laughs> I I think we keep the Black Crack song, uh, which they sing as they're carrying them down. Mm. Which I don't. Th which would make sense. Yeah, yeah, but but that whole 
the Goblin King solo number. I, I think we don't need that. No one needs it. No one no. needs it. And also, you can cut half his chin off and half his belly off and still have a, dis- a grotesque <laughs> character. So we're saying in, in this two-movie two version, he's not as uh, he's ta- No, he's just taken up a lot of t- I don't think they realized he added not only 15 pounds to the camera, they added 15 minutes to the camera. We yes. <laughs> but yeah, Riddles in the Dark is perfect, so you leave that as is. Oh, perfect, uh, It's yeah. literally amazing. Yeah. And, you know, the moment that Bilbo spares Gollum works perfectly. And then, uh, then we meet azog and the eagles come get us and you really play up that that azog moment i like thorin going to face him and getting knocked out and you know injured and stuff like that um i think him hugging bilbo really works right there i do think a big change and we've talked about it throughout the trilogy is thorin being a better leader throughout like i don't know if we need the dragon sickness or anything like that but we need something to happen where thorin you know turns his back on his own people or something but I, like Thorin, less of a prick. <laughs> do do we still want to like keep the Bilbo rushing in to no. fight the orcs moment? I because I think we take that out. I I don't like that. Um, I think just having it be a confrontation with Thorin and Azog, they fight, and then as you know, it seems like Thorin's about to be defeated is when the eagle just swoops him up and yeah because it's 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 the same beat over twice where because like Azog doesn't even do is like bring me back his head to like one of his lackeys and bilbo kills one of his lackeys just have the eagles do that instead of bilbo killing one of his lackeys bilbo gets knocked down then the eagles come it's like no just have that one beat of like the eagles like swooping that dude off the mountain and it's awesome. And have that amazing reaction shot of Martin Freeman being absolutely horrified by giant birds snatching yeah. wolves up and throwing them off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, I can't imagine any other reaction. That's the, yeah. that's the appropriate reaction to seeing that when you've never seen a bird that big before. Is yeah. And that's a perfect audience surrogate moment. Like yeah. I, we've seen the Eagles, but not much, you know, we've seen them fight the Nazgul for 10 seconds and, the, the third movie and rescuing Gandalf, but that's about it. Like we've never really seen them in full action and that's a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then they get dropped off and then make their way to, to Bjorn. I think, um, I think we can spend a little more time there. I, 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 I would love to see the serving dogs. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't. I know like to like, no, point that it'd much, be Alex. really funny if they did it. But I'm so glad they did not. Guess what? I'm also going to say we should keep in the talking birds in the last movie. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with talking thrushes and, you know, the thrush going. I'm okay. I want the thrush to tell Bard of where the the weak spot is on Smaug. I'm about that. Serving dogs, no. (laughs) Let it be like Lassie where we just somehow intrinsically sort of understand the the thrush. Yeah, have them like open a door or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) Or what if the thrush turns into like R2-D2 and plays like a little (laughs) 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 Yeah, Bay Orange is actually the scum and villainy cantina. (laughs) That's a big change and I don't know if we can get away with it, but (laughs) (laughs) we're going to go for it. No droids at Bay Orange. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah that's why that's why gandalf is is so hesitant to introduce the dwarves he knows they have a strict no droid and no dwarf policy yes exactly but no i i am the studio exec alex and i am ixnaying the serving dogs from your your vision 
fine as long as we get the 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 talking uh ravens and everything yes absolutely i'm for that okay i'm for gandalf like talking with you know guahir the great eagle afterwards like after they drop them off for sure i'm about it have that conversation i and have like literally this would solve so much of like we wish you could take we could take you further but like the the arrows of the men of lake town or something like just uh, this one throwaway line that'll shut up everybody about like why didn't they take the eagles uh, to mordor yeah it's what we need yeah well, we need uh, shut down i'll those bring trolls. you on for that debate because i still don't understand every time alex says oh that they, they can't I, I i know i'm serious i still don't one day we'll have you on for the eagles debate ben um well, they're playing next Sunday, so. <laughs> and that's why I won't get invited back, everybody. <laughs> Strictly no sports talk on this program. No we told talk. you this in the pre-show prep, Ben. God. I mean, hey, there's golf in Middle Earth. It's it's canon. True. That's Hobbits right. invented it. That's right. And Christmas. Uh, or what is it? Uh What's his face? Is this kindest Christmas? Yeah, until hold on, kindest fixed. Christmas, first edition. So, right. So we get the eagles dropping them off. They're talking to us. We go to Bayorn, mm-hmm. and then no, no talking dogs. So yeah, keep keep the you know side conversation with Baron and Gandalf, so we have a little bit of an idea. I and I like that keeping like. We don't need a full-on White Council action scene and Radagast and Gandalf going on side missions that we see, but I like keeping in hints of the connections to Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings that weren't present in the original text, but for those viewers who are in the know, they go, oh, that's, he's going to Tolkien now. Um, but yeah, we this, don't need though? to see it. What if what if we something, do, something else does happen that doesn't involve Radagast or the White Council that's very serious and calls him to Tolkien? So, like that kind of creates that urgency that's at the end of the first movie that we were kind of talking about. Like, I've got to go. No, I don't care what you guys say. Like something to let us know that he's heading there. I don't, I don't have an idea as to how, but I, I, I'm inclined to say that we need to have something serious, scare him and need to go. I guess Um, Bayorn could, you know, have a come to Jesus with him, but I just don't know if that's enough. I think Bayorn telling Gandalf about like the darkness that is coming and like maybe it like oh I've seen like the Dogal deer something you know the spiders or something coming out of Mirkwood I think that's good and then for the dwarves I think you know just the ticking clock just like Durin's day is coming up like we need to get through this forest and you need to stay on the path uh all that stuff and I don't know I I, I understand I totally get what you mean because you do have that Frodo and Sam are striking out on their own. Aragorn and the triplets are, you know, like going after Merry and Pippin. Like you have that sense of urgency with both storylines. And it's a tough thing to replicate for sure. But I think I think Bayorn doing it would be good. And then for the dwarves, it's just like the, the ticking clock of like we don't have time to to dilly dally in this forest. Yeah. Word. I think that sounds good. Um Who's singing the the outro song? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what well, it was? Hold on, movie one was no Ed Sheeran was two, right? Ed Sheeran was two. I don't think what, they yeah, had what, one for one. Did they not have one in the first movie? I can't remember. I think so. I'll look it up. I would be very surprised if they didn't. It doesn't. Was it the Misty Mountain repass? 
Oh yeah. So who who's singing Misty Mountains Call? Because I right. think that Ooh. that would be a good. Oh, you know what? Hosier, Hosier, singing Misty Mountains. Oh my gosh! Yes, done and done. What, not Father it. John Misty. <laughs> oh, there you go. I was at uh, Coachella. I'm sorry, and I met Father John Misty, and Hosier was playing, and he goes, "This fucking guy." Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, we almost did it, everybody. Oh God, he's he basically called that. He basically was like, "This guy, he's a hipster." Like, he was basically ragging on him, which is not cool, but it, I thought Song it was Song of really the Lonely cool Mountain and Ed Sheeran performed. In movie one? Oh, uh, Neil Finn performed An Unexpected Journey. Neil Finn, uh, prof- uh, Song I of the Lonely Mountain. And Ed Sheeran performed The Desolation of Smog Song. Right, right, yeah. right. I think you still have The Desolation of Smog Song in the middle of the second movie. <laughs> Well, we just okay. So the the montage, <laughs> I see fire. What is the montage that's happening when we have that? Do we just have it over Smaug well, get, destroying there, Lake yeah. Town, let's, and let's, it's just Ed Sheeran playing? <laughs> or maybe he's like in universe. He's a bard in one of the bars in Lake Town, and he's oh, like, "Well, like we're all gonna die." Yeah, like, exactly. He's, he's going like, down. He's, oh my god! And he's still playing. I see fire. And you see yes. like the woman almost getting engulfed in flame. Yeah, instead the- of bard finding. You know the the blanket with the history of the dwarves on it. He hears Ed Sheeran sing a song of the mountain. Yes, like it's oh. perfect because that is how history and stories were preserved in those days. Through absolutely, bards. like I mean, that's why his toss a coin bard. to your Witcher. Yeah, banger. Exactly. Ed Sheeran, banger. We mm-hmm. did it. Yep. So that's how we're gonna have the the action sequence of Smaug destroying Lake Town is is with in universe Ed Sheeran. Uh, amazing. I love it. I mean, to be fair, Ed Sheeran's haunting vocals over Smaug silently destroying a town, like, that works. It works. Mm. I think you're... I I have... I would really like to know what your definition of haunting is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. When when he says, what have we done? And Ed Sheeran's, like... Acapella vocals come through, and like it gives you chill. He's no, no Annie Lennox. That's, that's not but... haunting. It's it's just it's basically crooning for acoustic guitar. He's yeah. He's, he's sugar. <laughs> he's he's confectionery. The this naked not... haunting, Jess. <laughs> it's it's the juxtaposition that's haunting, Jess. Exactly. That makes of, you laugh. Is what of it's the like. sweet vocals with this horrific imagery, and it sticks with you. No, it makes me want to. It's too much cotton candy. <laughs> no, yeah, but he's it's sour very... cotton candy. He's just... That's right. I... Lemon lime cotton candy. <laughs> I'd eat that. Thank you. It sounds delicious. I, I, I just, you know, people like Michael Buble, more power to them. And I feel like Ed Sheeran is like the Michael Buble of that genre. And so it's Michael Buble and Ed Sheeran are so different, though. Like, I don't want to hear Santa Buddy while all freaking Smaug is destroying the town. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like of the genre that's. And I'm feeling good. As, As a. As, Act- as Thorne is looking for the Arkenstone, Dan it, ban it, Dan it. <laughs> Wait, to Ed I mean, really as is- the birds come back, birds in the sky, you know oh. how I feel. There we uh, go. See, 
I can make anything work. Wait, can we get Just, Michael Bublé to no. come and as do Thorin? No, 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 no. As the voice actor for uh, what's it, the King of the Ravens, <laughs> and then he sings oh, that song too. We're making no, this he's into a Gwai musical. Here, the Great Eagle. <laughs> oh yeah, he he can be quiet here. Yeah, there you go. Birds in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. As the eagles come and rescue Bill, <laughs> and I'm feeling swoosh good. <laughs> Guys, I don't know why they didn't do this. Why did they why make three movies when no one they had this? To us. It was right there. It was right there. Great. So you have tricklings of that song playing in the beginning movie too absolutely <laughs> just for to sure. remind you that we left off and uh, maybe you still keep in oh no i don't know if you keep in you don't keep gandalf finding thorin but maybe you figure thrain. out why what thrain no 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 i'm talking about the prologue of oh the prologue sorry two. so when we see gandalf intercept so like we're just getting into movie two right now. It's happening. Yeah, movie I two. Don't, here we go. I don't think you need a prologue for movie two. But I kind of liked it. I liked the history. I liked giving us a little bit of a background, so we didn't need to luxuriate and figure out certain things. I, like it's actually one of the rare times that they uh, truncated things pretty well. I thought and just dropped us into the movie. But I but I think you now that based off of what we've done so far, we've changed. Uh. Gandalf's motivation to be involved with the trip if he doesn't know that the necromancers about like abounding until he gets to Bayorn. Okay. So what are you thinking for the prologue for the second movie? I'm but trying I'm trying to think as you're talking of like But what you know I what I'm saying, right? Like if we've cut out the White Council and the first time he's hearing is that something weird is going on in Dolgoldor, he's he's cut out the reason Peter Jackson has created for do you think the White Council would be a good, a good prologue? Mm. I, here, here's what I'm thinking, though. I, I get what you're saying, Jess, but I'm thinking serving of... dogs as the frequent. Of the <laughs> right? Just hear me out. They walk on two legs. Um, I don't think we need an explanation. Like I think in this version, Gandalf, and and again, we haven't talked about like changing characterizations too much a little bit with Thorin, but like i think we make gandalf as ben said before that more aloof just kind of like you don't know what he's gonna do like we don't need to know exactly why he's leaving i don't think we need an explanation i don't think we need a prologue setting that up i think it can just happen it that's what happens in the book and it's just like okay fine i i don't think we need all of these things to make sense it's a fantasy story i think it's fine and again the only reason I think we have that Bjorn moment is just, again, a little wink and a nod to those who, like, know about Dol Guldur. I don't think we ever say the name Dol Guldur in any of these two movies. Like, we don't need it. Um, it has nothing to do with the Hobbit story. So I, I think it's just a little Easter egg, and that's fine, personally. Um, okay. So, I mean, we could have a prologue, but then it's like, okay, how much time are we going to invest in this thread? Because if we have a prologue to a movie that is just there to answer one tiny little thing about Gandalf, then why have the prologue? Well, no, it wasn't the prologue. Didn't we have a couple different flashbacks that we could use instead of cutting them up, put them at the front? We had like the flashback to... I'm just like saying giving some background like the, to the what... the battle flashback or... Yeah. Well, well like, then give some the, background the other to one... what uh, the 
you know, the Misty Mount, the Lonely Mountain used to be for the dwarves. What Ooh, Lake I Town could, used to I be. I could do with that. I could do with like kind of the a little bit of of Bilbo's thing of just like the day it happened. Still not show Smaug, but just like the day it all went down. Like seeing the prosperity of Dale and Erebor. That and could then... be that could be good. Like as a maybe not necessarily because I I think personally the. Even the hints at Smaug's destruction, I think the first time we see Smaug should and what he can do should be when we actually see him, because um, I think that makes it more impactful. But um, I do like that of like just the glory days of Erebor. Mm-hmm. It's Thorin talking, and then it's like then we cut back to um, like thorin and bilbo talking and it's them kind of bonding over this yeah a little bit of like thorin's like you know way like see him you know leaving see the elves maybe turn their back maybe not in the same way but like it will show you thorin's uh you know resentment towards uh towards elves like in general and then like and that foreshadows like a blacksmith like you know him taking odd jobs throughout middle earth and like just trying to survive and with his people and and that does that does set up the elves that we're about to see as they go into Mercury. exactly yeah i like that That that's a good one jess i like that yeah sometimes i'm okay (laughs) all right so then we jump into a ringing endorsement It has a ring of truth to it. That's that's, uh, that's uh, Jess's email byline. <laughs> Jessica Verde. Sometimes I'm okay. I'm okay. Sometimes it's it's true. It's how I feel. That's where my mind is. My my emotional state is at. Um. All right. So we get that. I love that. And and here's my pitch a little bit for Merkwood. I think you're right, Alex. That we don't need the we have no food or whatever. But I still think we can get like some hauntings of the um like some some of the bacchanalia of the elf woods. Nice uh, word. Wolf, yeah, I know. Uh the 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 wood elves like kind of get a sense like they are just a little unhinged that way. Yeah, we um, we should see um and again I'm thinking Gerbo. So it's just going to be like the the yeah, like as you said bacchanal horrific overindulgence right of just like them feasting in the woods mm-hmm. and i do like i i want to see them feasting in the woods and the lights turning off and them disappearing to lend to this magical quality of the elves but it should be yeah just these like lavishly sick parties that they're well, having see, i think it can be i think this is i think that's why they there's a missed opportunity you have them in mirkwood and they're basically on mushrooms for lack of a better word like basically they're all experiencing this dysphoria right or is that the right word dysphoria Dys- sure whatever they're, they're they're not experiencing reality in the same way as we do and give us glimpses of like some weird like zelda stuff where every time you turn the corner in kokiri forest you're like <laughs> where are they hey and, listen yeah, yeah and, and they end up in the wrong part you know you just have to listen for the music and but i i think other than that the I think Merkwood needs to be like almost pitch black dark. Yes. I like that. And like it was almost that's kind of one of my biggest complaints about Lord of the Rings is that like they didn't make Mordor dark enough. They didn't make the shadow dark enough. Like for me, like in my in my and you know, nothing lives up to your own imagination. And that's totally fair. But just like I was like, man, there's supposed to be shadow everywhere. And like they didn't 
that, that was like the one visual thing. If I could nitpick those perfect movies, like that's like the one visual thing. I was like, Mordor never felt dark enough for me or like the lands while in all, all of return of the King. Like when, even when the movie opens, he's like, Oh, it's, uh, it's almost dark. He's like, it's always dark around here. I'm like, it doesn't look that dark. I'm just saying, but, uh, but yeah, I want like, I'm, I'm with, it doesn't have to be Guillermo del Toro, but I'll just say that it is. Cause I want him to do it. I want to like, this is where Guillermo needs to flex his muscles of horror, yeah. Yeah. like having the spiders come in. And like, I think the spiders in, in these movies are great and terrifying, but like, I want to see like just ooze dripping off their fangs. And I want to hear them talk in their, in their, in their dark speech and all that. And then, you know, naming sting. And then I want to hear like, it's, it's in, like, we got to have elves be beautiful, but like, all of them need to be Lee Pace. All of them. They all need to be like beautiful, but haunting and cold and yeah. unforgiving, but like self like self like preservation and like not caring about anybody. They need to be like high and mighty and just look down on, on our main characters at all times. I I, I need all that. Like yeah, they, Merkwood, they need you gotta to be kick scary. off your movie. They need to be scary. They yeah. need to be intimidating for sure. I agree. Um, yeah. And then you. They, they the spiders show up like you, you get hints of the spiders the whole time yes spiders wrap you know what i mean like i think we're on the same page so the spiders you know eat up our little door boys hobbits we, we, we cut the baby spider scene with bilbo oh god 100 percent. yeah don't need that oh. don't need all the nope. ring corruptions a blot hate no. it no just no th- and this one in this movie he's wearing the crap out of the ring yes like he's just he's like wearing he's on it. god mode the whole time <laughs> yeah he really is he's wearing the ring the whole time like i don't need that because for me that was kind of the point of fellowship when bilbo put it on is that sauron was so powerful like you could not use this anymore because like I don't know. It it is like twenty years when between Bilbo giving Frodo the ring and going to Rivendell in the books, they don't show that passage of time too well in the movies. Like it feels like you know maybe a month, but it, to me, I always like so. Why why didn't Bilbo see the Eye of Sauron like when he put it on like at his birthday party? But I I'll give it the twenty years. I'll give it that that grace. But just like I want to see Bilbo be an invisible little like rapscallion. Like that's yep. he a, an invisible little burglar. That's what he's there to do, and I want to see him. You can you can show the passive time like of him like seeing when they get captured by the elves, like him learning the trade routes, them learning the guards, you know, rotation, where the keys are, what night this big yep. old shindig is going to be on, how drunk they're going to get. I want to see that Ocean's Eleven in the middle of this Hobbit movie. Yes, it's, it's... and you can learn why Thranduil is is pissed at the Hobbit right. at the dwarves. Like this is actually. Let's actually have character growth here. Right. Yeah. I have a serious question, but but I, I do want to. I'm going to ask this question first. Tariel. Yes. Is she still here? Yes. No, she gone. Yep. Oh, nope. She's in my movie. She doesn't have a stupid love triangle, but her and Legolas are in this movie, and they're still kicking butt. Okay. Hear me out. Because I, I I like what you just said about okay, we're going to have this heist in the middle, and Bilbo's going to be doing it. That's going to be our runtime in Mirkwood, and we're not going to have time to introduce these new characters. Nah, fam. She's there. So the thing I was going to say when you were talking about how (laughs) Bilbo's wearing the ring all the time, this is – I didn't even think about it until this moment. 
um, he's the he's like the definition of fake it till you make it. He has no he feels like he has no business of being on this. Yeah. Trip. And yeah. it's not till the ring. He's like, oh, wait, I could be wily. You know, I could get a away little, with some little squirrely, squirrely boy. Yeah. Oh, look at all these things I have never couldn't even dream of. But then as the movie goes on and as the, you know, the book goes on, he becomes more bold without the ring. Right. Yeah. Still, oh, yeah. Like, like him taking off the ring and being like, what's up, Smog? I'm taking all this right. cup. We still all, yeah, we we do disagree. Oh, he does. That's right. So he does yep. the end of the book. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about the when the corruption made him take off the ring in the movie. No, um, no, no. Like because he takes the cup when he's invisible, and then right before he yeah. leaves the second time, he's like, "Peace." He's like Rumpelstiltskin's in. <laughs> yeah, he like, really does. Up? Well, and yeah, just be, being able to be bold enough to like go up to the the elf king that you screwed over and be like, uh, yeah, here's the still exactly. the best line read on the planet. There's yes. two line reads we're that are that. now. Yes. That, you know, we're keeping. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is so non sequitorial, but I, I actually can't get over the brilliance of this one line read. Are you guys familiar with Pee Wee Herman's big adventure? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay. So Francis is his antagonist who wants the bike and the bike's missing and he's at the police and he goes, well, who has any, you know, um, you know, motivation to take the bike. He goes, well, Francis really loved it. Francis. And he just <laughs> <laughs> completely out of nowhere he does, drops three octaves and turns into like a murderous snake. It's insane. So the, the, that's up there. Yes. And Francis. 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 Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> so Tariel. I don't know. I pro- she's probably gone, and I'm okay with it. I just I you do love Evangeline Lilly. Time you probably yeah. can't keep her for time, especially if she wasn't in the first movie. Here, but tell, I but I am okay what, keeping Legolas in this movie. Tell you what, movies. Ben Toriel is still in the movie, but she's just like a featured background elf in the battle, and and it's just Thranduil going Toriel, uh, blah blah blah, and like she gets like one yeah, moment. and she she's that guy in the charge of uh, on. Uh, in front of the black gate if you guys watch that charge again there's a guy that runs super fast yeah and he's like right in the front and he, i'm like this dude is flying like this guy was like <laughs> i'm really fast and i'm an extra this is my moment and yeah. he just like he's got an axe in one hand and a shield in another and this dude runs a 4240. like i want to time him at a combine right now with full <laughs> armor on Cause like I don't know if he survived because he probably got there like a solid ten seconds before everybody else did. He was like, "Oh no, I'm surrounded." <laughs> but uh, th- that tutorial is gonna be is just a really fast elf that's badass. That we're like, "Oh, that was a cool like cutaway." Like you know, you see uh, you know Legolas killing the spiders, and then you see Toriel like, "Good job, Toriel," and that's it. And that's yep. cool. Yep. And that's a uh, that's a uh, <laughs> Stephen Colbert's uh, <laughs> cameo. He's Toriel in this movie. <laughs> oh my oh, there you God, go. yes. Or what if he's like. Thranduil's younger brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say instead of Brett McKenzie, I think I'm going to put uh, Stephen Colbert as Lindir in this movie. I understand. Or in the in the first movie. I understand okay. why you put Brett McKenzie in it though, because it basically like just it kicked off a whole subset of of lore. But he was already Figwit. He he already had his. In I a... agree with you. Yeah, it's weird. I, don't, I guess we didn't talk about this. It, that's the kind of inconsistent, inconsistency that pisses me off. It's not like, here he is looking a little different. It's, you're a different elf, but you're the same person. I yeah. don't think it's... It could be the same elf, though, right? No, like, I it's think... It's not, because he comes with, I think he on, comes with Legolas. Know, oh, wait. I think on... At least in on, like, the, the, the wiki, 
I think his name is Figwit in well, so, Lord of the Rings. So, so and is Lindir in Hobbit. That's a fan given name, which is uh, an acronym for Frodo's great. Who is that? Uh, when fans saw Brett McKenzie, and they're like, "Oh, who's this guy?" So that there's, I think there's like a, a whole documentary. So okay. I, do, I think in the credits he doesn't have a name. He's just like a background elf or something. I'm just he... saying he already got his his yeah, one cameo. I, I Congratulations, agree with you. Stephen yeah. Colbert is going to be Lindir in this movie. Yeah, that, okay, that's fair. totally fair. Yeah, give him give him some lines as opposed to just an eye patch flip. Yeah, it wouldn't be like I wouldn't be distracted by it. I'm like, oh, you know what? That's nice. He's a big fan. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, so no, yeah, no dwarf romance subplot for Toriel, just Thank a God. badass elf. Um, so we're we're at uh, at Mirkwood. We get the the heist sequence that ends with the barrel riding. Um, that's no longer an action set piece, I think, in this version because we Breaks don't have the time. My heart. We, we don't, don't have, have the time, time at all, but it really does break my heart because I genuinely do love the barrel sequence. It is so fun for me, yeah. but I get it. I am reluctantly uh, Sophie's choicing it away. Yeah, and it it makes sense because we don't need then like the Toriel motivation or the you know all that. Yeah. We we don't need that whole orc chase in there because of plot reasons either. So it's fine. We just have a cool little you know. Maybe maybe a short little action-y type thing, but not a 15-minute long thing. Yeah. Uh, and then they get down, meet Bard. That's all kind of the same. Uh, but we don't need them to be snuck into Lake Town. They can just show up because we don't have any of the politics, right? No, I'm good with that. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering how we get to know Bard a little bit because I love Luke Evans in this. And I yeah. want him to be like a bigger character than he is in the book. But I For don't sure. know if we have time again. Cause like, um, yeah, I don't know like uh if we have time, but I I really do love Luke Evans. So however you guys want to do it, I'd be okay with. I think yeah, it is it is a thing of like he's such a small part in the book. Uh I mean, we get like a little bit of history of him. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we never really get to know him. I mean uh, yeah, honestly, I think we we just have to kind of uh, yeah, we just not, gotta move. Yeah, we can't really get to know him too much. I mean, we we can have them like maybe have that conversation about the history his, the history of his family or something. Like Smaug comes up, and and then they talk about it like on the way to Lake Town or something. But yeah, we're not gonna have a whole movie's worth of subterfuge uh, to 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 learn about this rapscallion as he is in in the Peter Jackson ones. So yeah. Uh, but I think that's a, a fair uh, thing to give up for for economy of story and cutting mm -hmm. out some terrible things. <laughs> um, and that's the thing is that, you know, people always, you know, do like the page count you know, of this book. That's like, you know, 150 pages. But there's so much you can do with this story that I think it easily like we're we're having trouble like doing two movies and like where to cut and what to cut. And so that it does like go into like. I know these movies are looked down upon and not too heartily loved, like at least, you know, the first trilogy is. But they, they uh, besides some obvious stretching and, you know, Battle of Five Armies being one, an entire movie, like there, we are having trouble cutting some stuff here. And like, you know, characters that, you know, may not be the best, but we, we enjoyed seeing them on screen, you know, like Bard especially. Like I'm, I'm a sucker for Toriel. Uh, but Bard, especially that like they didn't do the best job of us getting to know him, but 
I do think he should be a big character than he is in the book. Like not, you know, not yeah. a substitute for a main character again, you know, sidelining Bilbo in any way, but just like, no, I want to get to know like the, the leader of men and like the guy who takes down Smaug. I think that's an important character. Yeah. And that, that is just the, 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 the problem of how do you get there? And yeah, I, I think what they did in, in, in the Peter Jackson movies to get there was greatly change a lot of the dynamics of, of Lake Town and of his sure. character. So I don't personally think it was worth that alteration to just get to spend time with the character because ultimately what we get, I think, is bad. Uh, yeah, so sure, we like got we, to, we got Luke to spend Evans time with him, but eh, yeah. did we then really like the time we spent with him? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It is it is tough. And like, this is where like I do look I, I'm aware I'm looking at these movies through rose colored glasses and I'm OK with that. Uh, but so we go through Lake Town, we get to know Bard a little bit. Maybe we have like the Geryon flashback. We don't need the Dwarvish Windlance, but we could have just like a little moment of like his ancestor trying to take down Smaug. Um, and just like that, that could be his backstory is that like he always like not quite the Isildur like a uh, mirror but like a little bit of it just like yeah. a little bit of like i you know people do love me in this town but there's always that one thing that like i should have been the ancestor of this great person but i'm the ancestor of a person who failed because like in middle earth most things are looked at in very black and white terms i and, think like, he's what the you're... fair mirror of this story i really do oh i like that i like that a lot jess that's good I think if you look at him as like sort of aspirational, I mean, they did Faramir dirty in the movies, but yep. um, you don't give him as much of an opportunity. Listen, guys, what I really want to know, are we keeping the ball gobbling? Yes. <laughs> it's the one in, thing. In fact, we're increasing it. All 14 members of the company <laughs> are going to gobble some balls. Yeah, And okay, two cool. balls each, not just one. Yeah. Got it. And that's how they get out of the... Uh, what else? That's how, that's how they defeat Smaug. Oh. Yeah, actually. Okay, great. Cool. That's his weak point. <laughs> Go for the balls. Go for the balls. <laughs> right, right. That's a yeah. left, left nut. Um, so, yeah, I think we're looking at, I think I like the idea of it, finding the right way to increase um, Bard's, Bard's involvement in the movie. And I think it's just by making sure his motivation's appropriate, you know? Mm -hmm. Um and I, I, I do like that idea that you had, Ben, of, of sort of make it the I got to live up to what my legacy should be. Yeah. Uh, and we can just have him explain that as opposed to in the book, the narrator going, and this is Bard, the ancestor of Geryon, like have Bard open up to the dwarves yeah. about that and use these actors. Yeah. And then and then we can. <laughs> right. we Yeah, exactly. Right. And then we can have a moment of connection between like Thorin and Bard about like oh well i'm going to like reclaim my ancestral home and you know yeah they can avenge my father yeah know? instead of like them being like adversaries and him being like no don't do this like you could have a little bit of that of like hey don't wake up the dragon or something but like they do share this connection and so like there's this you know understanding between you know these two leaders of of their people or get build the issue where bard should come with them right but he won't leave his kids behind because they end up do becoming enemies you know with the battle anyway not yeah. enemies but like but I, but i feel like that that's why they should bond a little bit uh, because i think the betrayal later will be harsher yeah yes 
That's a very good point. God, <laughs> who would have thought to let actors actually have dialogue? And- right? Who knew? No. CGI uh, action. So our boys go off. There's no, you know, there's no poison leg happening. Nope. Yeah, so they're all, all the 13 all the dwarves go. Right? And are they chasing or do we see them? Do we get the sweeping going to the Lonely Mountain? Or I think there's a little daylight? bit of a ticking clock. Not too much to where, like, they don't leave after 30 seconds of trying to find the key. <laughs> right. I think... I think at the last moment, like they they remember, like oh yeah, the last light is the moonlight. I like that. I like that beat. I think that's good. Um, but then we get all the Benedict Cumberbatch Smaug stuff, and I like that it's only one interaction. We don't need Bilbo going back and forth, like grab a cup, come back. Um, but then I think immediately when he you know erupts and blows up he goes straight to lake town yep no weird action set piece in there yeah no smelting of a gold statue um he goes straight to lake town starts burning it down um he dies we get the ed sheeran Uh, song we get the ed sheeran song uh while it's silent like while he silently burns down lake town um a thrush we're gonna forego gold smog we're not gonna yes it pains me jess these are these are the cuts we have to make these are the cuts we have to make. I don't. I think you guys are forgetting how much more time we have in this movie than if we cut out like literally an hour and a half of the battle. Okay, so where? How far do you think? I think we're an hour and a half in by the time they meet Smaug, because we yeah. go through Mirkwood. Oh, we yeah. do, we do the elves. We do yeah. Lake Town, and then we finally get to the mountain. I think that's at You're the right. minimum an hour fifteen. You're right. We're we're dragging yeah. it. We're and then I want right I want a solid. 15 minutes of Smaug action. 100%. Yeah. And then I, I just then don't we wanna, got Yeah, the... I don't want to cheap out on that. I like that Bilbo goes and then yeah. comes back. And so like, or like, I mean, I want that. I want more of what happens in the book. Like Bilbo goes and kind of like teases him and comes back. And then all the, you know, there could be more of that as opposed you know to what chase, I think? chasing him. Uh, do instead of the gold smog that moment where they're crossing the bridge in Erebor and the gold coins are following, we do that at Lake Town, like where um, it starts you know, raining they, gold coins, and just like, like slow, what is like that? they're dropping, and then like you know, like they like plop, plop, plop in the water all around Lake Town, and then one falls, like you know, on the dock, and they're like, "What's this?" And because like I like that, you know, he can move, like he's like still like high up in the air, like they hear like the rumblings from the mountain, but they don't quite know what it is. And then they like plop, plop, plop. That's how, you know, the the attack starts. And then he's like, oh, a coin? Where did this come from? And then the first vroom right over, like his first like low flyby. And then, then yeah. just like chaos ensues. That's cool. I like that. I'm down. Because, yeah, that is probably the the one cool moment of, well, there's there's other cool moments, but that's the coolest moment of the, the action. Yeah thing in in in, in Erebor. so keep re- retaining some of that uh the the spirit of that i i like exactly and like you can play it you know that's where gamble comes in like i i want this to be horrific and like like not like you don't need to go like r-rated or anything like that but just like truly scary like i we have heard about for you know a movie and a half now about how terrible this dragon is now it's time to show it it's funny yeah. that you say that um i i've not seen shin godzilla but someone shared uh, Shin Godzilla's atomic breath 
that and destroying the city and it was chilling and empathetic and there was like pain in godzilla like you can i hear shin godzilla is really good it looks great this moment is sick um and and i actually feel bad for godzilla it's a very interesting Mm -hmm. thing um and you can't yeah you can live in the destruction of it all so that we can see alex are you looking at me because you love me or you're like i don't understand I don't know what Shin Godzilla is. Okay, great. Um, anyway. It was one of the last Toho Godzilla movies, I'm pretty sure. It's like tw- two, it came out a while ago, like within this century, in the last though. last 10 years, right? Yeah, 10 okay. years. Uh, and I, like, I've been meaning to watch it. It's been on my list for so long, and I hear nothing but amazing things do, about it. We should do a community night. Um, maybe it just all get everyone in and watch it, because it, it actually piqued my interest more. I used to like Mothra and stuff as a kid, mm-hmm. um, but this piques my interest more than I ever have. I like Cloverfield too, but I also had no oh, idea so what Clover good. was going to turn into. So it was actually a nightmare for me. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it really, it took me for a loop, which was, it's why it's, it, there's a good payoff. Anyway, I digress. Smaug is dead. Smaug, Smaug is dead. Well, yeah. so Abs- the killing of Smaug, we, uh, as Ben said, no Dwarvish windlands, no, right. look at me, son. Uh, it's just Bard being a badass, living up to his uh, right. legacy. Right, I want finally. him. I want him sleeveless. I want yeah. Luke Evans sleeveless. Like I want him like <laughs> possibly shirtless because maybe he got woken up out of bed in the middle yeah. of the night, and I just want him just like ah, like just Alexander Skarsgård level of ripped. Oh just like <laughs> if anyone has seen the Northmen, like that final scene in the Northmen where they're both basically fighting naked in hell between each other that's how i want bard fighting smaug like you can be you can have pants on i'll Not give you that oh, gosh <laughs> twist my arm put pants on luke evans if i have to um but just have him just like old school like renaissance painting like amazing action shot right through the heart of, of smaug with the with the black arrow 100 percent. yeah and Love i do it. want to see the thrush uh tell him about the weakness as well Yes, we we get actual talking birds. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank we God. We don't get. Do we get the Smaug jump uh, landing on the master? I think we get Smaug destroying Lake Town by. I don't think I. I don't have the master in my movie. Got it. Yeah, we yeah. don't need it. We really yeah. don't. But I do have Smaug landing on Lake Town, destroying it, giving people a reason to move into Dale, and right. giving them like, oh hey, we need this gold because our town is destroyed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Word. Makes sense. I do have the men having a bit more of an army, like whether like a different city comes to help Lake Town or something like that. Like, oh, the men of Gondor, throw that in there. I don't care. Um, like, like they, they have an actual army. The evacuation could have been a little bit better. And yeah. They, they ended up with some people. And, you know, Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Thorin back. told Bard where they're going. So he's like, you know what? We're going to have a contingency plan here. So it's I not agree, just a, a a makeshift militia. Yeah, with pitchforks. To... Like I, I need them to have an army in the Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah, that makes sense. So, the the boys, uh, Smaug is dead. Mm-hmm. The ravens go to tell everybody. Yes, talking Raven King, voiced by uh, who Ed did we, Sheeran. Who do we say? <laughs> no, uh, Michael Bublé. Yes, Michael Bublé. <laughs> Michael Bublé voicing him. Uh, they, they, yeah, they go tell everybody <laughs> and Dane in particular. Smaugy buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there's oh, a meme God. I saw this year. It's like, I hate Michael Bublé's version, like saying Santa buddy instead of Sandy baby, as if you're not, if you're too good to hook up with Santa Michael Bublé, you prude. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, such a good call. We'd all F Santa. We'd right? all do it if given. I, d- I definitely G rated the, the meme, and I'll tell you guys the real version after. I, but... I think I think we got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's pretty that's a pretty it's just an astute person right there with that exactly um, so the ravens know and then what so th- does thranduil when does thranduil show up what's happening next well they so in in the, in the book it's pretty much similar where you know they they just all hear about smaug uh biting the dust and everybody comes to the mountain to be like hey what's the deal with this gold uh, yep. so i think keep that they all show up. We see Thranduil. We see, uh, we see Bard arrive with his army, um, and we get some parlaying. Cut the dragon sickness and the emphasis on the Arkenstone idea. I think so. We you know we didn't talk about this, but like in in the in the Jackson version, the reason Bilbo goes in there is for the Arkenstone. I think you don't do that. I think you just keep it as it was, where he steals a, a vase or whatever, a cup, whatever it is. Um, mm, I disagree. I like the Arkenstone. I don't think it needs to be like okay. I I like the the like we need this like because you know it's been a while since the dwarves have had a king, so he I do feel like Thorin needs that symbol of dwarvish like hierarchy and royalty to unite his people, and I like that. And I think that you know like Bilbo stealing that and you know giving it to the Thranduil to try and calm the calm the inner voices of everybody is a good thing too and then we get the yish line true yeah um we can't but i would yes i would say cut the stuff with the dragon sickness oh i agree i coming agree coming from the arkenstone yeah but yeah. yeah okay we keep keep the arkenstone being that thing because it, it does make sense gives yeah and i think it gives an audience an easy like oh he needs this to show that he's the true king like, yeah. yeah, you can kill a dragon, but, like, you know, that. And that's why, you know, there's so, like, because it, it harkens back to, like, why only 13 dwarves or, you know, 12 other dwarves are falling on this quest. Because otherwise, like, you know, he would have, you know, the whole dwarvish people behind him on this. Let's let's all retake Erebor. I'm the rightful heir. It's like, eh, where's the Arkenstone? Like, right, right. Makes sense. It's like the Darksaber for the Mandalores. This Star Wars. Oh, okay. Over Sorry. my head. <laughs> I did Mandalores or Mandalorians? Yeah, like ma- the planet is Mandalore. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So much Star Wars. Yeah, the, the Darksaber has to be won by combat, and whoever has the Darksaber uh, leads uh, Mandalorian people. It's the Mandalore. Ah. Sound, sounds too nerdy for me. I feel like there's a, a Rick and Morty episode about that where you have to like, kill the next person. Oh, no, no, no. It was Futurama. Yes, it was Futurama. The, yes, the leader is the one who killed the other leader. Yeah, it's like uh, see, uh, uh, season one. Oh, All right, Futurama is so good. It's so good. Um, All right, we're running out of time though, so we, we got to sure we got to hurry. We sure are. So, so carry right, carry we, us home. We, we get the parlaying between uh, the different armies. We get same thing. Bilbo going, and let's have. I like keeping the uh, the Bofur moment, um, as opposed to him just sneaking out. Mm-hmm. He's, Sneaks Good. out. We get the yish. Uh, gives over the Arkenstone. Uh, meets up with Gandalf there. Um, 
And again, we don't have that warning him thing about going back. He just lets him go back because there is no dragon sickness for him to be concerned about. Although he would be, he would maybe still be concerned about, you know, uh, Thorin finding out about what he did. But I thought um, it was like the impending war. I think I always felt like Gandalf was just scared for him to be in war because that, but I guess not. He'd already survived a bunch of stuff up to this point. Yeah, he's the reason that the company was there yeah, that's a good in the point. first place. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna retract that statement. I, I think it. Uh, no, I think you're right though. I think it is Gandalf just being concerned, and because in that in the Jackson version, he knows about like this is the forces of Sauron. This is not just like you know uh, a band of orcs or whatever. Uh, yeah, that are coming. So, um, so yeah, we just get him leaving. There's no uh, Alfred doesn't even exist, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, and then he goes back, and then we have the parlaying, um, which is a little bit. I, I, it's still going to be tense, but it's it's less. Uh, you know, we don't have the dragon sickness element, so I think it's going to be a little bit more straightforward. I like the keep the visual of that hole in the wall. That's kind of a cool, uh, cool idea. Uh, and then we get, uh, you know, they ba- he basically tells them, "No, we're going to stay here because they know Dane's coming." Um, and then I think so. We don't have the, the the any blood spilt until the orcs show up. Yep. Cut the elves and the dwarves fighting. It sucks. It's terrible. I don't like it. So we have the, we have these well, three reminder, armies. That's extended, but we all you know. Yeah. Oh, that was only in the extended. Well, still, it's only extended. Like in the in the theatrical, like they he's like, oh, let's let's give these elvish guys some guff, and then the wereworms show up. Okay, so yeah, basically do it like the theatrical cut then um uh yeah and then we have uh well here here's the thing because if i recalling correctly it's gandalf who stops them yeah right in the book do we want to keep that or do we want to have the wereworms is the, is the thing i like the else. wereworms showing up like yeah I, I like that you know like just a grand entrance with these care with these creatures we've never seen before yeah and i don't need to explain like oh why don't they join the battle i don't care they look <laughs> cool they do they do and again if we're imagining a guillermo uh world then uh they would be some creepy worms so I'm yes they that. would I'm all for that. Uh, and then we get the battle, and there's none of this Raven Hill. Th- I I think I think we we make the battle much shorter and just have a couple cool things. We don't need like so much action. We don't need so many set pieces in this. I think battle, we could have more of a Helm's Deep, but it's again yeah. the emotional toil of things. Yeah, like, I seeing the loss that way. I think so. I, I'm okay. I think we get to Ravenhill. If we keep Ravenhill, I think we get to it faster. Right. Um, because, like, I think, you know, cutting off, you know, killing Azog, because uh, Azog's still in my movie, uh, and he's yes. in the book, too. Like, I think, you know, oh, he's up there. we got to cut the head off the snake. For sure. We don't need 45 minutes before we do that, but yeah. I think that's, like, a good, like, hey, big boss is up here away from all the kerfuffle. Well, Let's go up there. And and here's the thing. The other thing that will help with that is because we're cutting out the dragon sickness, Thorin and company just join the battle. Yep. Like exactly. Dane shows up and they're like, Great, let's go. Like and there's that none of this. How the book would have us what have us think. Yeah. 
So that will cut out so much of, of the action in terms of the time and trim the fat. And then it's like, I do want to see the gold lake though. I'd say it <laughs> like we can I'm, just have a gold floor. Yeah. Airport yeah. can just have a gold floor. I know how I'm going to live as an adult now. If I ever yeah. get to grow up, that's, I want a gold. You and MC hammer, pool. man. <laughs> Does he have one of those? I don't know. He had like, he went broke. So I'm sure he had a lot, a lot of extravagance. He, he needed it to go with his gold pants, you know? It's true. I understood. So they they get to the battle. We you know Azog and Bulg. They get bulged up. No, is I don't think we have Bulg. We don't have Bulg. I think there's no Bulg. We don't need Bulg. Is right? Bulg not part of the book? He's not part of the book. No. I think. Wait, is it Bulg or is it Azog that's like the leader of the orcs at the end? I thought it was Bulg. Uh, no, no, yeah, it, Bulg, yeah, Bulg is the name of the orc. I think leading the orcish armies mm -hmm. and then as because azog is the leader during the dwarf goblin war yeah so that's why they have um him here to sort of connect back to that um so they kind of combine i don't think azog and bulger are necessarily related in uh in in the books i i could be wrong on this i don't know the the lineage of orcs and stuff um I mean, yeah, roll them into one character, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, we don't need two separate characters, uh, I think. Uh, I, I'm, I'm agreed with that. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. with it. Again, and it just gives, because then we don't need, like, oh, we got to kill both Azog and Bulg. Like, no, just have right, it be one much. epic yeah, confrontation. Yeah, but who's Legolas going to fight? <laughs> He's not in our, not in our movie. <laughs> Dang it. it. Takes so much from me. I know. He could you know he what though? Fight the orcs. It's you're fine. a good sharer. You must have done really good in kindergarten because you're like, all right, like you you got to get you had to get like tattled on once, but then you'd like give up the red truck. You know exactly. I I appreciate that about it. I, that's what I appreciate about you. Um, so how does how is Bilbo getting knocked out to miss half of the battle? I'm okay with the 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 same way. Like someone's just going by and just like knocks him. Yeah. Right. Because I, I, I do like the, the like, he sees enough of, like, the horrors of war. Like, maybe, like, he can be like, oh, they're going up to Ravenhill, tonk, done. What And if, that's the last thing he sees. What if that's the last thing we see, too? Oh, that's, it's tempting, but I don't know. I'm tempted to, I under I totally understand what you're saying because like it's worked in Game of Thrones, you know, like in that first battle with Tyrion, he gets knocked out and then we yep. just wake up with with like the mountain men. So I it's it's definitely worked before. I'm just nervous. If we're keeping this whole Azog thing and we're setting up the Azog confrontation as the climax of movie one, you can't resolve it off screen. But True. but Bilbo wakes up in 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 the actual movie to see Thorn. Yeah. So I think oh, okay, you still but, uh, keep but that. in in the book, he wakes up after the battle. I know, but I think you, I think you have Bilbo knocked out, and then like you just jump time, and then we see him fighting Azog. I, I, me, I'm open to that. I, I totally get what you're saying, and I'm I wouldn't like raise too much hell about it, but I do think we've spent enough time with Thorn and on his journey to become king that we as an audience need to see that need moment see as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, but how, no, I, yeah. I get what you're saying, and I, I'm, I'm so tempted to do it. I just think that it just depends on how much Thorin you want in, in your two movies. That's or the thing. You, I still think you get that beautiful ending scene with Bilbo and Thorin when he's dying. I think it's better than post-war. I think that yeah, actually worked really well for me. Um, so I, I, there's like a world where you just uh you know thorin could be like i did it i killed him or whatever you know kind of get a little yeah. bit of satisfaction that no way. i honestly either way i'd be okay with yeah you can either way work. works for me uh so you get you get the thorn death scene he kills azog i think i think the door the thorn death scene is very good mm-hmm. and then um then what happens are, then are, they go home yeah. Eagle, yeah, eagles show up. We get way more Bjorn kicking ass. Totally. Oh, yeah. We, that was underutilization of a, a very interesting character. Yep. I, based off of what we were talking about, like, oh, just wait till the next movie. I thought we were going to get more Bayorn, and I'm sad that there wasn't as much. It, it is very sad. And like, the thing is that, like, you know, in the book, Bayorn is the one that kills Bolg and, like, defeats, like, the... the, the... Mm-hmm the orc general so we could have that if, if we wanted to to knock it out but they wouldn't be hating orcs oh yeah <laughs> was that was that supposed to be a play on words or are you just saying they wouldn't be hating <laughs> both? okay oh okay <laughs> All both. okay, both. okay. <laughs> thank you thank you for hating. owning it and not being like no i was just saying it. <laughs> no i really I, it's all both it's both it's always both <laughs> it's always both <laughs> uh yeah, so they aren't kicking booty. Mm-hmm. Um, the a- eagles e- escalating. Uh, yep, they come in Gandalf to save the day. Gallivanting. Bilbo be low on the ground because he got hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about Thorin? Thorin be throbbing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm out. <laughs> Throbbing Oak and Shield, wasn't that what it is? I didn't realize we were rewriting this movie to be that kind of film. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not. we wouldn't be the first, and we're not going to be the last. Nope. So we get those beautiful death scene of Thorn. We get we see Keeley die and Feely got die, and no one cares, by the way, because we didn't care about them. Yeah, we didn't care. <laughs> yeah. That's an that's a unsolvable problem. It really is like I, I I'm gonna keep the amount of Balin we have in this movie and possibly increase yes. that because I think their uh, him and Thorin's relationship is really good uh, yep. in the, yep. the the Jackson trilogy and I want to like put a little more bit more behind that but feeling Keely we just like oh you're my sister's sons you're also the line of Durin so like we establish like some importance to them but we just don't have enough time I think yep. we just let it be the first dwarf to die like like yeah. you increase the the threat. Like, don't make it absolutely comical the way that they escape the goblin tunnel. Don't make it insanely easy for them to escape the orcs in the wood elves. Like, make it always very dangerous. Like, one of them is always on the verge of dying. And by the the time Keely is the first one thrown off... Make that make it a big deal. That's yeah, that's like, how you earn like it. have them like take battle wounds that we and I think that might be a way that you sort of like add to their characters is we don't have obviously time to have dialogue and, and characterization of all these characters. But yeah, in like them escaping, we see Feely get like slashed in the arm and then for the rest of the movie and like up to the Battle of the Five Armies, like he's like, you know, grabbing that arm or whatever, like have them show that battle damage. Um, totally because yeah. like in in 
I know we were running out of time. We all have hard outs in like five minutes, but just like in Harry Potter, like uh, spoilers for Harry Potter real quick. Have you guys read it and seen the movies? Yeah, oh, yeah, and stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just like, you know, Fred and George. We know right. so much more about them in the books. And so that Fred death oh, in the seventh oh. book is just, it made, like, I had to put the book down for a little bit while I was reading it and regain myself. And in the movie, it doesn't hit as hard, but it still works. It still works because, like, we've spent 100%. time with them. You know, they say the same thing at the same time. We love the Weasleys and stuff like that. So we can do something like that where we don't quite know Feeling Killy as much, but their deaths still hit us in a way of like, th even if it's through Thorin, like showing Thorin watching them die, because we've gotten to know Thorin and Balin, like seeing how they react to the death rather than like yeah. so much for us. To that exact point, um, the, the werewolf guy and his wife, we don't even see their deaths in the film for uh, for Harry Potter. Um, the, the teacher who was the werewolf. Oh, Lupin? I mean, we don't yeah. see it in the book either. Well, that's what I mean. So, it like, but it still impacts us, right? Yeah, like we know that they're about they have a kid and all that stuff. But that's yeah. right. Um, anyway, so let us just mourn these babies, and mm -hmm. then I think that we didn't have any resolution with Bard in in Peter nope. Jackson's. So, do we need it? I think we we get we get a montage of like Thorin giving you know. Uh, or I, I guess technically it's Bilbo's share that he takes, but you know them getting the gold and like giving the diamonds away. Yeah, like we we get kind of a, a a little montage of that that and then that like leads. rebuilding. So like you can yeah. see like the barrels going downstream and them getting like goods and helping mm -hmm. helping each other lift the barn. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you know include in that like maybe similar things with like the uh, the funeral for right. Feely, Feely and Keely and Thorin and everything. Uh, so like we, we get, we get all of that wrap up and, and kind of some of that resolution in this, in this montage. And then we get the goodbye scene uh, with Bilbo and the dwarves. I, I think do it you similarly. Keep you keep it. Yeah. yeah. Keep yep. it the way it they works. did it. I love it. It works so well. Um, and then, yeah. And then we get the journey home and keep the same exact outfit for Martin Freeman. Cause I love it so much. Pretty great. Um, That's the cosplay you have to do on your stream. Alex. I want to if I can put it together. You, you can um, put that together. He he puts it together. <laughs> I need a, a I need a big old him. shield. Where it, am I going to get a shield? You can make that out of cardboard. I'm happy to help you. Come on, okay. we got we have foam. We got everything. One hundred percent. It can be done. He just has um, never cosplayed before, so yeah. It's it's a little ambitious, I think. I've got a friend with a three D printer. We'll make it happen. But yes. Oh. Okay. Yes, we can make it happen. Um. But yeah, I, I think the only thing I would change is again the the ring stuff, right? Don't right. make it as ominous. Like I get it. We all know what happens in Order of the Rings, but like keep that. And I, I also say keep keep the keep the uh auctioning off of stuff. It's so and, good. It works. And the like, you know, Thor uh, who is this Thorin? Oh my friend. Like keep that. I love that. It's great. And it works so well. And maybe we didn't. I, I don't know if I touched on this, but it works so well because he, he keeps on wanting to come back to the comforts. He keeps on wanting to come back to the comforts, and he comes to a bare home, and he has yep. never been more fulfilled. And it totally yep. works. It does. Do Do we have old Bilbo and the ending bridging the two movies? No. I yeah, I agree because like 
we don't need it and i think this version is so much less about the like connecting it to the peter jackson lord of the rings trilogy uh because we're cutting out so much of that stuff that was doing that in 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 his original version so we don't need the full circle i think having ian holmes if you want in the beginning uh like you know we excuse me ian holmes Um, having him in the beginning with Elijah Wood, okay, give a little nod and 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 that. But I don't think we need. I think let's let's celebrate in our version. Let's celebrate Martin Freeman and let's mm. end on Martin Freeman. Honestly, because I he's totally the agree. best thing. Yeah, so I absolutely, totally he should be the last thing we see. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I didn't need to see Ian Holm. I didn't because he also he looking too old. and it's distracting i'm sorry the man's dead now r.i.p he was a knight i'm sure sir ian home we didn't need it but yes uh, the the main takeaway i think is martin freeman yes absolutely so in this bittersweet ending of of our movie i think we made a good movie um any uh, uh, any parting thoughts for this expected journey that we all took uh thank you guys for having me on uh it's been a wonderful time examining these movies the the good the bads uh the funs uh the video game moments the ridiculous things uh but yeah just like even even talking about like the overview of this like i thought this was going to be a short one it might be like our longest episode yet it is actually uh but i just i i love it it's been it's been so fun and i can't thank you guys enough for having me it's so easy to talk to you it was as, it was as fun as i thought it was going to be if not more um and yeah, it will definitely we'll definitely have a different pace without you, and that will take some getting used to as well. So we'll have to have you back soon. Any thoughts, Alex? Or uh, actually, Ben, really quick, give us your uh, not really quick, but give us your uh, Patreon deets and oh, uh, everywhere deets. at the Ben Goddard uh, Patreon, Twit, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and then Twitch uh, Ben Goddard TTV on Twitch. So That's come check cool. me out, guys. Awesome. Um, all right, Alex, boy, daddy, what are we doing? I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I guess my my final thoughts, I mean, I, I enjoyed rewatching this trilogy. First time seeing the extended was great. I love what we did with the reducing of the two movies. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on, Ben. It's always, uh, I'm always looking forward to these episodes with you. Um, Again, I love hearing the the Hobbit fan perspective. Uh, so it's good to have it. Um, and yeah, looking forward to having you back on for some other stuff. Um, I guess you can find me at twitch.tv slash solkatu, S-O-L-K-T-T-U. Um, and hopefully, yeah, I'll, hopefully I'll be doing a Lord of the Rings themed stream uh, if we hit some certain goals. So that that's definitely one thing you want to go there for. Um and yeah do you want should i give the yeah let's do it okay all right so uh yeah you can contact us at twitter.com slash pot of the rings let us know your thoughts and um yeah some great episode uh episode clips being posted there uh if you want to check those out you can email us at p-o-t-r or excuse me you can email us at podcast of the rings <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> Let us know your outline for a two-movie or maybe a one-movie version of The Hobbit. Who knows? Uh, let us know your thoughts there. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash pot of the rings to support the channel. And uh, still waiting on someone to take that exclusive one ring tier for that one-of-a-kind t-shirt. 
and last but not least, you can go to podcastoftherings.com and find all of that stuff and more in one place. Gentlemen, this has been a pleasure. I know the audience has thoroughly enjoyed it. Folks, give us some tweets and shout out at us and let Ben know how much you enjoyed him on our show. And until next time, Ben, you got to say it. May our roads meet again. Oh, nailed it. Perfect. <laughs>